Hey, this is Paul Copcut, and as you're listening to this episode on March 15th, I'm celebrating my birthday, so I thought I would share a recording from a webinar I recently gave. Uh, this year, marketing and marketing strategies and tactics, people are going to be very much more conscious about where they're spending their marketing money. And in this webinar presentation, I talked about some low-cost marketing strategies for real estate investors. I thought you'd enjoy listening to it. So enjoy the show and uh, have a brand-tastic day. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are, because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. So 2023 is going to be a very different year for, for everyone, I think, for a whole host of reasons, but particularly when it comes to real estate investors and how you're going to market and brand yourselves. And I, I think part of that is, you know, we're all a little bit hesitant in the marketplace and we need to be thinking about what are the kind of things that we can still be doing on a regular basis, but maybe keeping an eye on on the budgets, keeping an eye on the marketing budgets and our marketing spend. But one thing I would really stress is please don't decide that you're not going to do anything because the, 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 one th the worst thing that you can be doing is doing nothing. So let me just touch on three areas that I think I would hope that most of you are doing, or at least some of you are doing in terms of your own marketing and, and branding. The first is emails or, or newsletters. This is often an underlooked part of people's marketing. And I, I think part of it is we think that people don't actually want to hear from us, and that's not the case. So having a regular kind of email going out, whether you call it a newsletter or not, uh, email is still one of the best mediums for you to keep in touch with people. And, and part of that is because you're able to control that medium. Everything else that you do when it comes to marketing is usually through somebody else's platform. And so when you're thinking about how you can reach people on a regular basis and control the message, email is one of those ways to do it. The other thing is you can use it as a, a consistent way of keeping in touch with people, keeping people informed as to what's going on with your business in a, a casual, personal way versus the expectations that a lot of us have around social media, which I'll, I'll touch on in a second. A couple of key things to think about with regards to your email or newsletter, whatever you're sending out. This, the spam filters around Google in particular and other, any really anybody else that's delivering your email, but Google in particular, is a really dialed up quite high now. And in fact, 
there's, a, there's some research around emails in terms of how soon you put a live link in an email will determine whether your email even gets through to, to, to people. So you need to be very conscious about not putting in a too many web links, uh, but also ensuring that you're not putting in a web link in too early in the email. If you are, then you're running the risk of it getting caught, caught by the spam filters and not getting through to the people that you're trying to, to communicate your message to. The other is images. Many people have, again, their filters dialed up very high and anything that is attached, which basically an image in any email or newsletter is an attached document, is also getting flagged. So again, you want to be very curious about how many images, how big an image you're putting in into an email. And I have heard that you know, kind of like even a maximum of one image is what you need to be thinking about. That may even include your logo at the top of your email. So again, be very conscious about how people have things dialed up that they, they're not wanting to have, you know, a continual pouring of things coming into their inbox that they don't want. And that may also mean your email or, or newsletter is getting stopped. So be very conscious of that. Second thing, hopefully you're all doing to some degree or another is marketing yourselves or your brand on social media. I do see a lot of real estate investors making the mistake of feeling that they have to be everywhere. And that's really not the case. You're much better off spending your time focusing on one channel, getting very good at it, and then deciding whether you go out into a second or third channel. The key about the channel that you pick will depend on the kind of client that you're trying to attract or the kind of person that you're trying to do business with. So for example, if you're looking to reach, say, professionals who have money to invest in real estate investing and you're looking to joint venture with them, then something like uh, LinkedIn would be a good platform to reach those professionals. But if you're looking to connect with real estate investors, real estate investors are very active on things like Facebook or Instagram. So again, you need to be thinking about who's your target audience, pick that channel and then get very good at it. And then mix up the media that you're using to, to reach people because we all consume messaging differently. Some of us like to watch videos, but not everybody wants to watch videos. I, personally, I don't like to watch videos. I just don't have the patience to sit there and watch a video that often. So you know, for some people, it could be a written piece of material. For others, it could be audio. For others, it could be video. So think about mixing the media up so that you're ensuring you're reaching the people in the way that they want to consume your message. And don't be afraid to be personal. Don't be afraid to show the personal side of who you are and, and what you have to offer. And then the third thing, hopefully all of you are doing networking. Certainly you're here tonight and you're here on a, on a virtual networking event, but now we're obviously seeing now more in-person events as well. So do mix that up and go to in-person in and virtual. A couple of recommendations around the, net, the whole kind of networking thing. Have a plan about what you're trying to achieve at that at that particular event, be that virtual or in-person. And then always ensure that whatever you've promised in, in that event, so if you've promised to follow up with somebody, make sure you're following up. And use things like social media and your email and newsletters to announce the fact that you're involved in networking. 
So, so for example, tonight you could be tagging the right club and announcing to your on your social media that you're attending an education and training event. It, again, it raises your profile, it raises your credibility and visibility, and somebody who might be thinking of doing business with you suddenly sees that you're spending the time to educate yourself, and that raises their their opinion of you and their and your reputation with them. So those are three things that you want to be thinking about from from a perspective, and hopefully you're all doing to this to some degree. But I wanted to give you some some kind of tangible action steps that you can take around your marketing and again keeping it low cost but maybe things that you haven't considered and some and some tips around that the first thing is podcast we Laurel talked about uh, you know her podcast my podcast you know podcasting is a very popular medium right now believe it or not much as you may think it's not saturated it's still in the very very early stages the the thing with podcasts is you don't necessarily Yeah, so having your own podcast can be a great resource and tool for you to raise again, raise your visibility, build your brand. But that does take a lot of time and effort to put into it. And in fact, the majority of podcasts that get launched never get beyond seven episodes, which is quite an astounding figure when you think all the time and effort that people are taking to put into their their podcast. So if spending that time and putting all your, that effort into your own podcast is not something that you want to be doing, then the next step would be to look for podcasts that you could be a guest on. So when you're thinking about guesting, because there's so many opportunities out there, there's a lot of real estate investing podcasts, for example, you can quite easily identify specific podcasts that are much closer to your topic of expertise or the areas that you want to speak about or, or highlight the, the experience that you have. So for example, there's there's a number of multifamily investing podcasts. There's podcasts like The Right Club, where we're looking for, uh, The Right Club is looking for stories around your sort of real estate investing journey, for example. So there's lots of lots of opportunity. There's even you know even very niche type of real estate investing podcasts. So take the take the time to do some research. Listen notes is listennotes.com is a great resource to do some initial researching. It's a database of over three million podcasts out there. You can search by keyword, and then you can even start to identify podcasts that are in particular geographic areas or particular specialist areas. The other thing that Listen Notes will tell you is where that podcast ranks against the other 3 million podcasts out there. And you want to be looking at podcasts that have some degree of view listenership and some kind of presence. So usually you'll see podcasts that appear in the top 10% of those 3 million podcasts then you know that they have a certain number of downloads, a certain audience size, and also they are producing regular content. You know, they're, they're putting out episodes out there on a regular basis because that's how Listen Notes measures the success of, of a particular podcast. So for example, The Right Club has a podcast which sits in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally out of those 3 million, which is quite an achievement. So you know that The Right Club has a significant number of downloads, you know that it has a significant number of listeners, and you know that it's regularly producing content. So those are the kind of podcasts that you want to target versus the ones that perhaps 
don't have that listenership and you're not going to get any kind of traction from being a guest. The other is then spend some time listening to one or two episodes of those target podcasts so that when you're sending a, a message to the host, you're not just sending them a generic message saying, hey, I'd like to be a guest. And believe me, I receive those kind of messages on a daily basis, I would say, you know, hey, you know, they, I think it would make a great guest or other companies are doing this for, for, for particular guests now. And so you get an email saying, hey, so-and-so is going to make a great guest. But they actually have not even listened to, the, to one of my episodes. They haven't even read the show description a lot of the time because I'm getting pitches from people that have no relevance to my audience or the type of people that I'm having as guests on my podcast. So spend some time and then your pitch to that host is going to stand out much more positively than somebody that's just sending one of 50 emails to a whole bunch of hosts just trying to get on podcasts. Guesting on podcasts is quite a popular format at the moment that people are trying to do to get, you know, raise their, their pro profile and visibility and brand. So you do need to invest that little bit more time in raising your profile a little bit higher than other people that are trying to pitch and get on that show. If you do appear on a show, then this is a wonderful opportunity for you to use that content in a variety of ways. I had one particular guest on my show a few months ago, Jazz Takar, who's a, a real estate realtor, real estate investor and a realtor in Toronto. And he specifically asked for the copy of the raw copy of my content of the, the interview that we had. And he actually created 27 pieces of content, social media posts, articles, blog posts, a variety of media from that one 30 to 40 minute interview. So this is the great thing that you can use in terms of your marketing. And you know the cost is a little bit of time invested in doing some research, but you know the payoff can be quite significant for you from a marketing perspective in that you could have a whole bunch of content that you could then be using over you know several months versus it just being i'm a guest on a show and that's it so lots of opportunity to to raise your marketing low-cost marketing in 2023 is with podcasts second thing you want to think about is is articles now i'm assuming many of you have a website but one of the things that google places very high emphasis on is new content on websites so if you want to get ranked on Google, you need to be consistently adding new content on, onto your website. And that can come from articles. Very often, the, the articles that will give you longevity are, are what, what are called evergreen articles. So these are on topics that do not have a, a sell-by date on them. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes there will be articles that you'll want to write that are very topical, you know, particularly around, say, for example, an interest rate rise or, you know, a change in the market pricing as examples. But the other thing you want to balance that with is evergreen content where you could be talking about, you know, the five things you need to consider if you're going to be in, in investing in multifamily investing, for example. So, Think about kind of evergreen content, and then you want to think about how consistently you get that, that evergreen content out there. So if you're not producing any, any kind of articles for your website right now, then I would suggest start to 
set yourself the target of at least one article a year. It shouldn't take you more than a couple of hours to pull something together. And I'm going to touch on the use of AI and, and chat GPT in particular in a second. But even having said that, it shouldn't take more than a few hours to pull together an article. And in terms of, of length, there's a whole host of different opinions on, on how long an article should be. But I, I would suggest that you want to be looking at least 500 words. It doesn't need to be in the thousands as it used to be a while ago. So between 500 and 800 words is, is if you're if you're not looking just at your own website, the other thing you can be looking at is also guest writing for other people. If you like yourself with your own website, you're looking for content, so are many other people. So there's an opportunity there, again, to offer quality and value to somebody else who could then use it on their website with the understanding that they're obviously going to, to recognize that you're the, the author of it and they're going to link back to your website. And, you know, backlink to your website is again, great Google juice in terms of your visibility and, and Google ranking. And you do want to ensure that you're spending some time understanding what are the keywords that you want to be known for in terms of the, the articles and that people are searching for. And I just want to touch on chat GPT for a couple of reasons. One is obviously it's, it's a very topical subject right now. It, it's kind of the number one thing, I think, apart from mortgage rates, perhaps in, in the news right now, and, and certainly in 2023. ChatGPT has a number of benefits in that it can it's a, it's a great place to help you get going, to help you start. A couple of things you need to be very conscious of is that ChatGPT only dates itself up to 2021. So it only uses information up to that point. So if you are writing something a little bit more topical or you're, say, writing an article on the five best markets to invest in, you want to be sure that whatever ChatGPT is producing for you, that it is still relevant information right now. And then the third thing I, I, I find, again, is an underutilized and again, low cost form of marketing is referrals and partnerships. It, it does honestly astound me how many people don't go back to existing or past customers, even to ask for more business, let alone asking for referrals. So that that is one area. If you're not touching on that, definitely you want to be thinking about that. And again, it can be low cost. It could be, you could be offering a bonus. Some people just want the recognition of the fact that they've referred. So it doesn't even need to be a monetary cost for you and can again be a very low cost. And don't be afraid to take the opportunity to ask people, who else do you know that might be interested in real estate investing or having an opportunity like X that you've just had? Be very clear about what you're asking people to refer you for. So some people may not feel comfortable giving you a name and a contact details of somebody, but they might be comfortable talking to somebody and referring you. So ensure that you are very clear with those people what it is you're looking for and what type of referral you're looking for. Otherwise, you could spend a lot of time spinning your wheels talking to people that are not a fit for the kind of opportunity that you want to present to people. And the other thing that is, again, an underthought and an underutilized type of referral is reviews. So Google reviews or other types of reviews in, in, in other types of websites or, or forums again, is a type of referral that ha that carries weight. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of research around uh, people will not make buying decisions unless 
they find a certain number of reviews that are four stars and above, or or they will only look at businesses that have been referred or recommended, or they have a higher opinion of a business that's referred or recommended by a friend. So reviews also play a big part. So those are three things, podcasts, articles, and referrals and partnerships that you could be thinking about in your marketing in 2023 that will low cost a little bit of effort, but could, you know, the returns on it could be very good for you. Three things you want to keep in mind when you're doing that is, as I said at the beginning, don't necessarily do nothing, do something. It's better than doing nothing. Give things time, you know, particularly things like evergreen marketing or podcast guesting. You know, you can't expect something to happen quickly and get results. If it does, be prepared to put a little bit of time and effort into it and then ensure that you're measuring the results. Is that giving you the return that you expected? Or after a, a decent period of time, you know, maybe it isn't working and now you need to, to switch and try something else and be consistent. Uh, again, don't hit it for a, you know two or three weeks or a month or two and then stop. You know, you need to have consistency to get the returns. So hopefully that's uh, given you some insights and ideas around your marketing. I'd welcome you to tune into my, my weekly podcast. That gives you a lot more kind of marketing and branding ideas from guests every week. And I'll hand you back to Daniel and Laurel. Thank you. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.